Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you so much for checking out another brand new episode. Uh, truly means everything to me. I appreciate you guys listening to the show, whether you're a first time or a long time. Uh, thanks for being here with me. And uh, thanks for tuning in to episode 997 with my buddy Quinn McIntosh. Quinn stops by to talk about his new record, The Edge of Youth, and uh, we play some live acoustic songs and um, had a lot of fun with this one. He brought along our buddy Steve Hagen also, uh, who you may remember from Q Street. We had a good time with this one. Hope you enjoy it. Big thanks to Fat Buddha Studios in St. Louis for letting us hang out and record this one. Stop by there for all your recording needs. Uh, And big thanks to my buddy Mikey over there for his help. I do want to remind you, as always, Rock Paper Podcast is brought to you by Friendship Brewing Company in Wentzville, Missouri. Serving up all your craft beer needs. Over 25 rotating taps. And uh, you can come out and enjoy some beverages. Uh, They've got uh, all kinds of delicious food, burgers and nachos and flatbread pizzas and pretzels and whatever you're into, uh, all kinds of tasty treats for you. And uh, you can enjoy some uh, great live music out on their patio this fall. You can come out on Saturday, October 8th and see Steve Kyle out there 7 to 10 and Sunday Mickey Scott 1 to 4 October 9th the next weekend October 14th Matt Waltershed is out there 7 to 10 on October 15th Buddy and Q so you can find all their music food and beer at friendshipbrewingcompany.com and uh, be sure to follow along with them on Facebook and Instagram Get out there and support local. Also, big thank you to Roughneck Beard Company and American Rambler for their continued support. Check it out in Maplewood, Missouri or Shop 24-7 at roughneckbeardcompany.com. It's officially beard season. The weather is cooling off and it's prime time for growth. Whether you are keeping it growing or growing it out for the first time, Roughneck Beard Company products make it better. Eliminate the itch and set the stage for a faster, fuller growth with Roughneck's full line of beard oils, balms, washes, and nutrient sprays. Again, find it all at roughneckbeardcompany.com and use my code RPP15 for an exclusive 15% off your purchase, Uh, including, again, all your favorite beard oils, balms, junk powder, Soaps, combs, whatever you might need to take care of that beard and mustache of yours. You can find it there. And uh, again, use that code RPP15 for an exclusive 15% off. All right, that is it for me, everybody. If you need me, of course, you can always find me at rockpaperpodcast.com. Hit me up on the socials. Email me at rockpaperpodcast at gmail. I would love to hear from you. And with that out of the way... Sit back, relax, and enjoy this brand new episode 
with Quinn McIntosh and Stephen Hagen. Um, the podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. Rock Paper Podcast. This is beat paper, paper covers rock. Rock beats is a shame, covers nonstop, never know what. New kind of guests that he's got coming at you. Live and direct on the spot, could be rock. Folk, country, a hip-hop, jazz. All kind of folks that he has. Could be an artist or a comedian to make you laugh on the Rock Paper Podcast. Double-decker fudge round, rolling round town. Shane coming at you live and direct from ground zero. He's your hero, he's your bestie. Rock Paper Podcast with Shane Presley. This one's, called this one's called Mississippi at a Glance. Child in Delisle rides a toy motorcycle The money from the factory just shipped overseas are you from past Christian or are you just passing through? On your way to somewhere beautiful, on your way to somewhere new. Like a weekend in New Orleans, hiding from the rain. Running from the cops, trying to beat that hurricane. That old man sells his crosses. And he does not make much money But he smiles cause he thinks she might be A little closer to God Like a mother in the kitchen As her hands begin to bleed She prays for the children That one day they will find peace And her daughter sees the world Through a southern set of eyes They ask her which part of Mississippi Maybe tomorrow she won't lie and I know it's hard to breathe in In this world you don't believe in And just hold on for a moment, maybe more well, The ship ain't really sinking, it's heading to shore And that ain't the window to a better life, that's the door Well, in class they tell the students about how things used to be And the refugee tells his mama, I guess things didn't have much to do with me So he throws a rock in the river and he stands outside the hardware store And waits for the white man for six dollars and maybe more And the white man hangs his head and wished that things weren't this way but his pension just went to war And six bucks is all he has to pay And I know it's hard to breathe in In this world you don't believe in and Just hold on for a moment, maybe more Well, this ship ain't really sinking It's heading to shore And that ain't the window to A better life, that's the door 
Oh, and Joshua jumped the railroad track with the best chance we have. Going 105 on a Friday night On a scholarship to the other side And that northern wind, it bites his face In, in southern Michigan And calls up mama from his room And says, one day I'll make you proud She says, you, you already do Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri. Hanging out today at Fat Buddha Studios with Quinn McIntosh. Hey, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thank well, you. And also here, my buddy Stephen Hagen. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, That's man. who I am. All right. I'm really uh, so glad to be here hanging with you guys. Uh, it's been probably way too long, I, I would say. It's been a few uh, years. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys are back. Uh, Last time we were talking about the band, but uh, we got some new songs we want to share. And Quinn's uh, getting ready to release his debut album, yep. and uh, so we got a lot happening. And uh, I just thought this would be a cool time to sit down, and talk, share some of these stories, and and uh, maybe play a couple acoustic. And so I guess um, I don't know. I kind of always like to start at the beginning. I mean, I know you've probably shared some of the stories in various places over the years, but uh, uh, being that, like, the last time we were kind of, again, talking about the band, we didn't really kind of get to fully dive into a lot of your stories uh, and stuff. So I kind of, is uh, it started maybe the beginning, I guess. That's been in, but has St. Louis always been home for, nope. for you? No. Well, well, mostly. So I was actually, I was born in New Mexico. All right. In Las Cruces, New Mexico in 1996. And uh, at 11 months old. I have a twin brother, Colin. So at 11 months old, we packed up the family and we moved to Farmington, Missouri, which is an hour south of St. Louis. It's a it's a small community. Uh, lived there until I was seven. Moved up to St. Louis until I was 14. Got expelled from St. Louis public schools, and I moved back down to Farmington, where my grandparents lived, uh, and I lived with them through through high school, and then back and then St. Louis has been home since then. Um, and we have lots of stories in in between all that that I can get straight into. I already know what the, I know what the burning question here is. Um, I was it was it was going into winter break of eighth grade year, 
And uh, and unfortunately, I don't have. I didn't get. It wasn't one big thing that got me expelled from school. Just cumulative. Just just uh, yeah. You know, it was. Uh, I think it was my seventh. And I don't remember in sixth grade how many I had. In seventh grade, I had seventy four referrals, I believe. <laughs> and in, in eighth grade, before winter break, which is when I was asked to not come back, I had fifty two or fifty four. I can't remember. Going for the record. Yeah. I was. I was. I might have it. Really? Yeah. I might have. This is St. Louis Public Schools we're talking about. That's a that's a good record. Well, you had a, a career ending injury. I did have you a career in the So a lot, of, a lot of people don't know this, but and I didn't know this. Steven and I were in, uh, Steven's a year ahead of me. Right. And you were in eighth grade when I was in seventh grade. We were at the same school and didn't, All right. I, I didn't really know it except for the one story. Oh, that's a good story. Go ahead. Let me tell, okay, so the only thing I remember about being in school with Quinn in middle school is that <laughs> one time he came up to me uh, and he was chewing a piece of gum and he goes, you know where I got this gum? And I was like, no, I don't. He goes, I took it don't out say, of Don't say it. Don't say it. No, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this girl we both knew, he goes, I took it out of her mouth making out at Steinberg Skating <laughs> Rink last night. This was this was easily 15 hours later still chewing on this piece of gum. I was very proud of that gum. He was. I was he was. I still have that. What Great. do you think I've been chewing on all night? <laughs> it's the only thing holding them together at this point. No kidding. No kidding. That and peanut butter. Right. Uh, no, the, so here's the final thing, man. I was, we were making cookies in home ec class, and I, I, I actually, I, I cooked and baked at home a lot by this point, and so I kind of like I knew how to use an oven, and I knew, I knew how to make cookies, and this dude, he was, he was like a, not an idiot, but like just this goofball, Jarek kept opening the oven to look at the cookies to see if they were done, and I was like, bro, you cannot keep open, like all the heat gets out, and then they're not gonna get cooked. And he kept opening it and looking. And so finally there was a bar on the top of the oven, a horizontal bar. And at my house we had the same bar. And if you pull it across like a lever, it locks the oven. And then you just can't pull it open, right? You just have to unlock it. Well, on these ovens, it, it locks the oven and makes it self-clean. So it went up to 600 degrees and the cookies caught on fire. And my home ec teacher... <laughs> my home ec teacher, who we might roast in a little bit, because Mario McCoy used to roast her to death. Oh, but man. she comes out, the cookies are on fire, and she goes, you fucked up the whole fucking project. Am I allowed to say that? I'll allow it, yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. It's, it's the internet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's a direct quote. Yeah, that's what she said. And, um, and so then on my way out, Mr. Williams and Mr. Blankenship were the principal and vice principal. And they were they, obviously we knew each other quite well, <laughs> and they were sitting on the 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 attendance desk, which is as soon as you walk in the school, there's just an, a big desk, and that's where the attendance off or the attendance person is, and they were just sitting on there as I'm getting escorted out of school, and they said, uh, Mr. Williams goes, I heard you tried to burn the school down, and I said, Yeah, next time I'm coming to your house, and I never made it back to that <laughs> school. <laughs> so. Yeah. So that was the. Uh, so that's that's that. There's that. That's a fun story, though. Right. And looking back on it, I don't have any regrets. I'm grateful for all the experiences that I had there and that I had later. That's a good way to be. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Well, you know. So. Uh, you tell me to quit rambling, and I will. <laughs> so that song, "Walk Like Children," that I, that that I that we just played here. I'm sorry. That we'll be playing later in the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that we did not lip syncing to. The timelines are getting all screwed up. They're right so now. jumbled at this point. People must be so confused at home. <laughs> so, uh.
Put me in a movie, baby, what a sight to see Oh, I'm the chosen one God, what a joke to be It's only infinity that keeps our grip so tight Maybe I could forget these days Oh, but not in this life And I've seen stars, but never the northern lights I see all we can be In those hopeful eyes And here we walk hand in hand like children You're not black and I'm not white And here we walk hand in hand like children and No one cries cause we're alright Paint me on the canvas of this generation Oh, and draw me blind Draw me an inspiration and Save a moment for our teachers One for the soldiers and Two for the sinners and Let's walk hand in hand like children Stay up late and laugh all day Let's walk hand in hand like children Grandma smile, we're all okay I don't know what's right or wrong, no We've been waiting for so long What's right or wrong And take my hand and we'll be so strong Let's walk hand in hand like children Let's walk hand in hand like children Let's leave a world where all the children Will be welcome in this place That song Walk Like Children is about my time at, so my, the elementary school I went to is called Dewey Elementary, and that's an international school, and so there was 20% students who, I don't remember if it was 20% like non-English speaking students or 20% international, but it'd be a similar percentage, um, and, and I, that was a, there was a lot of cool experiences there, because I, I, my family was also, uh, most of our friends were Iranian, and there were also a lot of Iranian kids at that school. And I remember one of the coolest things about that was every time, uh, not that they were they were they were coming over here from seeking refuge from war, which is not cool. But we were eight or whatever, and and every time it snowed outside, we always had to go outside because all the kids from the Middle East and from other places too had never seen snow. And so that was 
that's a memory I'll always have is is uh is kids seeing snow for the first time and that's right. that was super cool. Um so the song what I was saying, the song Walk Like Children, I went to McKinley Middle School. We both went to McKinley Middle School. And uh and I didn't realize it at the time, and that's a mostly black school, and I saw a picture like, you know, the school picture on the front steps of all the students of that year or of that whatever. I saw that years and years later, like when I was probably 20, which is when I wrote that song. And I, I had no idea that I had no idea that, that that the school was that everybody looked so different from me. And that's because I think 10 year olds don't really think of that stuff. Right. And, and that, you know, that's that's a that's a learned behavior that adults have and and use and. We were just kids learning, like trying our best to learn cuss words. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that was all pretty much the same. And so, you know, I think if the world if the world acted a little bit more like children and sure. you know and shit their pants more often, we'd be in better <laughs> shape. So some of us are doing our part of the bargain. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. It's, it's pu in here, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, I do. Uh, that is one of my favorite things. I'm uh, talking about lear- learning curse words and. Uh, <laughs> Because kids, kids cussing is hilarious to me. Oh yeah, uh, especially like when they try to like, but it, you know they, they get it all wrong. Like you know, like the yeah. wrong order or whatever. You shit dams. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> yep. Like uh, they just start making up new ones, and mm-hmm. it makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Like, so, cursing and being good at cursing are two very different very things. different. Yeah, it's a learning curve. Yeah, right. yeah. Absolutely. I remember, uh, you know, obviously it's not. Uh, not the best to, by example, um, but because, uh, but there was when I was with my my uh, my ex girlfriend and like uh, her nephew was like three at the time, and her they had a the dog toys uh, Kongs yeah, on the sure. on the floor and, yeah. uh, and her dad like kicked it one time and he's like oh fucking Kong <laughs> and uh, so then like her three year old nephew walks up and kicks it too and goes fucking Kong yes. and I'm like yeah. I'm just like yep. I'm over there in tears just like cr- you know crying yeah, that's great like, it's one of the funniest things man. It, oh, it's it, a it, hard kids, one to untrain God, and yeah, kids, right? kids just pick up anything man my my mother I think my mother tells the story of her mother sitting at the computer typing and every time she'd mess up she would just type and she'd go oh shit Shit. So later, my mom sits down at the computer and just goes, shit, shit, shit. <laughs> you know, she was 19 or whatever. Uh, no, she was older than that. Uh, so, obviously, uh, kind of uh, got in some trouble in school. And, and later. And later. Yeah. 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 Uh, so what, uh, you went to live with? In Farmington, you said with your mm-hmm. grandparents. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a um, that was a culture shock for one. I, I had lived in Farmington before, like from one to seven, but I didn't. You know, that's that's a much different experience from high school. And I moved. So, so I moved from a very diverse and just a city to a very white. You know, kids kids drove their trucks to school with the Confederate flags right. in the back and. Playing, uh, you know, Dukes of Hat. They had the God. Everybody, everybody that could. Nobody had enough money. Like half these people didn't have enough money to to like put gas in their truck. But boy, they'd save up money so their horn would do the Dukes of Hazard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know right. those trucks? Oh, yeah. yeah the, the thing probably cost nine hundred bucks, but the tires are four grand and it's got the Dukes of Hazard on it. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that was and that was a uh, that was a big shock. Uh, it was just completely different than what I had, and 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 a few things happened. One is, 
again, I'm grateful for that experience. Um, I'm grateful for that experience. There's some, there's some regrets I have that that I that I don't hold over myself too hard because because you you know I was I was 15 14 at the time and I wouldn't now take advice on those issues from a 14 year old so I try not to be too upset about that kind of stuff but um, I like the way you said that yeah you know That's if an you, interesting yeah, perspective yeah yeah don't take you know I wouldn't take advice from a 14 year old on 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 plenty of things sure but um. Yeah. And so, so that was, but, but, but in, in other ways, I grew up a lot. You know, I, I started working immediately, rehabbing houses for my grandpa when I was there. Um, I got into sports, <coughs> and uh, just you could just go ahead and take your time if you need. That was bad radio, you guys. I apologize for that. <laughs> Steve, Steve has a face for radio. <laughs> um, uh, but I got it. So I played. I, I got into sports there. And I played, uh, I played basketball and I played football. And foot- I found out that football is my one true love in the world. I'm a diehard Cowboys fan because my family is all originally from t- from Dallas, so uh, I-, I come by it honestly. Um, but I also got into, uh, I got I got fairly serious, well, very seriously into uh, drugs and alcohol when I lived in Farmington, and actually even before I moved down there. But very seriously once I got to high school. Um, and so that also, you know, that's another thing I don't regret, but informed quite a bit of my life, you know, and still does. Is that like just because the kids you were hanging with or what it was like, what do you? Nope. Um, nope. Just, just the, uh, just the, the wiring in my brain, you yeah. know, I just uh, uh, 20 of us would try something and a couple of us would do it forever. And, you know, right. well, and, and then eventually it did, uh, it did turn into a lot of the people I was hanging out with and, and. Luckily, or, or or for whatever reason, you know, most of them have died now, mm-hmm. and and that's a that's a reality of it. And I'm I'm really grateful to be alive, and I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to help other people because that's a that's a everybody has their struggles, and there's all kinds of things. Yeah. Dr- drugs and alcohol get get um, I don't know. It's sexy in some ways, I think. But every but there's there's all kind of struggles, and and. Um, uh, I'm happy to be able to help people. I'm glad you're here, man. I'm, like Thanks. I said, it was, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot, as I was listening to your album, like there's, you know, uh, you don't exactly, sometimes you do, but mm-hmm. some, but some of it's kind of vague enough to where it's like, uh, I, but as, you know, it kind of leans me that way where I'm like, you know, hearing these struggles and then also not necessarily always as a songwriter, it's mm-hmm. not always that these are your stories, but it was interesting to hear that you some of these are coming from a true place or yeah. you, you know you've something you've struggled with and mm-hmm. uh but uh like uh your latest single Maya like yep. is out there now and like uh and that handles uh some of that story in there mm-hmm. and, uh so that's that's actually that's a, that's a, there's a good story behind that one actually yeah. it uh, for, so Maya is a, is 100% true every bit of it and two things happened one is uh I wrote Maya is the most honest and open and just no there's no mystery to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. In others in in lots of songs I've written lots and lots of songs and I and I've never just I, I don't I don't remember another time being that honest and just coming out straight up and saying here's what happened here's how it was. Right. And that's scary and I've realized that that's that that, that connects with that connects with people but it's it's really scary and it's scary to think that my you know my family doesn't know all or not everybody knows all that stuff and um and that's 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 really the reason I haven't put all that out is because I don't want to I want to scare anybody you know about 
how my life's been. But it, if it can help people, and it's honest, and it is my life, you know. So, but but so the so the woman Maya that I wrote that song about. When I was eighteen, I was living in a in a halfway in like a, in a men's house, and um, and we met a couple of times and hung out, and and I. You can hear it in the song, but like I just really needed a, uh, I really needed somebody at that time, and and it's not, it wasn't some big, great intervention or anything like that. And I still struggled quite a bit afterwards. But like for just a little blip in my life, she was so kind and a friend that did not have to be a friend at all, and just was, and I really appreciated that. And so, and I and then I and then I didn't hear from her for eight years, and then I wrote. Um, and then I wrote that song, and like a month, and I try, I kind of tried looking for her on Facebook, but I don't know, I don't know her last name, and uh, and it, you know, like Maya, and I knew she like lived in Ferguson when I knew her, so it's kind of hard to find, and uh, and she she found me like a, a month after I wrote that song, and, and oh, messaged wow. me, and just like, hey, how are you? And I was like, I just wrote a song about you. Yeah. So we're engaged. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. But we reconnected, and and and. Uh, we talked and she's doing really well and and I, that was that was a really cool moment. That's that's one of those kind of, you know, I don't know, is it odd or is it God or something like that kind of moment. Yeah. Can I say too that? Yeah, please. Quinn's very good at writing s- songs. I mean, we've been playing music together for years, and one of the things you've always shown at is writing songs from an interesting perspective, but mm. n- not not your own. Right. In past. Yeah. In past writing endeavors, but. One of the most fun things, and you and I live together, so I've gotten to watch a lot of this album come together. And one of the cool things was the first day I remember you told me that you're like having some very cathartic experiences, like writing about your own, uh, writing about your own life yeah. so openly. Yeah, and I thought that was cool, and I'm happy that you found that outlet. But thanks, that was a turning point for you. I remember you bringing that up big time. That was yeah, neat. that was a uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I appreciate that. That was that was the turning point. Yeah, because then McCausland Street is on the album also, and that's another one that's just straight up. I don't think it's as well. Uh, that was another. I mean, that's another one that's just a true story all the way through and through. It's about another halfway house I lived in when I. So I've been sober for six years now. I just, I just on September first, I had six years. Right, thank you. Um, and that's the house I lived in for a year on McCausland Street when I got sober. And the, there is one thing that I talk about in there about. Um, being, uh, I, I say I remember being hungry and I still knew I'd be okay, and I don't know if I. I well, I did know I was going to be okay, but but that that was like uh, if there was anything I was ever not going to tell anybody, it was going to be that like in sobriety for like that first. It wasn't the whole year. It was like maybe six or seven months. Like like I did not I did not have enough money to like have food all the time. Right. And so, and I don't want my family knowing that or anybody knowing. Like, yeah. But I say that in there. Um, and I hope that I hope that it gets easier for me to say and easier for somebody else to say because of it. Yeah, man. I I mean I uh, was it was you know different circumstances, but mm-hmm. there was uh, you know there's a lot that I relate there because like I was working all the time and I still like didn't have a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. even though like. That was that was the the shitty part about it all. I was like, <laughs> I'm exhausted. You know, I'm falling, going home. I'm I'm working like 80 hours a week doing construction. I'm falling asleep with my boots on and going back to work in the same clothes. Yeah, and I and I still have nothing to show for and it. Nothing to show for it. Yeah, and uh, and I'm like, uh, I'm eating like ramen. Like that's all I can afford. I'm like, you know, kind of thing. And I was yep. just like, I'm, but I'm too. I was too proud. 
you know, to like go and ask for any help. I'm like, I'm or too stubborn or whatever you yeah. want to say, but I'm like, I, I'd rather, you know, just try to do this on my own right. and not, and not ask for help because, uh, but my parents would have, I mean, if I would have said I needed, yep. you know, but like, you know, it was more, I was on my own. I had my own place. I'm doing this. I'm yep. like, and, uh, so it was, uh, there was a lot that, you know, we're finally, I mean, everything worked out, got better, but it's just like the, <laughs> the struggles are there, man. Like, we yeah. Don't, like, and that know. pride is a killer, man. Yeah. The pride and ego yeah. still is. Right. Yeah. Um, well, but, I hope you're in a better place. Oh, yeah. I, think I'm, I haven't eaten ramen in a long time, so I'm doing yeah. a lot better. <laughs> but, but, uh, Every once in a while, I just got to eat the dry brick. <laughs> yeah, oh, the dry brick of ramen. You, yeah. Have you done that before? Uh, no, my roommate used to, and he, it used to really gross me out. So. Oh, I, that's, that's the only, I, I don't know the last time I actually cooked ramen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I just, you know, it got to the, like I said, uh, when you're eating it that much, like that's all you're you uh, have her you know, lunch and dinner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. It's like, I don't even want to look at this again. And I'm it's like, not mm. that filling. Yep. 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 Uh, but you can get, you know, those packs for like a dime or whatever. So you dang right. Oh, yeah. 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 Man, I was, when I was at that McCausland house, I was, uh, I could go to the dollar store. It was a dollar store where everything isn't a dollar, whatever that's called. Like it's all, but it's still cheap. And I could get a sack of, uh, or not a sack, like the, like a big can of beans and then rice. And I could do that. That was eleven dollars, and that would last. I could last. I could do the whole week. Of, I would just make all the beans and all the rice, and I put it all in this one. Um, I put it all in this one big bowl, like not a Tupperware, but a big bowl. And I just made it all together. And dog, I had Saran wrap over it, and I would open that up and eat, and then put that up, and that was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad, man. Every once in a while, well, not every once in a while, like frequently. People were getting kicked out of the house because you can't do you, – you have to get drug tests and you can't fail. And one – it's very peculiar, but one thing about drug addicts is they occasionally do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've been kicked out of the houses too. But, uh, but man, no – and you get one hour to leave, and nobody ever took their food with them because, like, that's not what they're worried about. And so, boy, as soon as they left, I was going straight to their cabinet space. And I, I would get all their, and then and then the, the shitty thing was is I'd go to their cabinet space and it'd be rice and beans. <laughs> uh, but so, anyways, we've come a long way. This morning we had, or last night I had, God for lunch I had rice and beans from a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> but it's from a restaurant, all right? So how about that? Yeah. So you, it was arroz y frijoles. No, no, not it was, rice, it was and beans. rice and beans. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you uh, you mentioned um, you guys kind of crossed paths early on uh, in uh, middle school yeah. and stuff, and, or element was it yeah, middle middle, yeah. middle school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it was Steve's because it was Steve's third eighth grade year. I remember. Right, <laughs> <laughs> he was driving to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, when's uh, when does the the first uh, like idea of you guys writing music together and stuff and, and playing together and thing? When's that? Get started. Yeah, years later after middle school. Yeah, yeah. wait. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I was in like a, a little band four, four or five years ago, and then that kind of fell apart. And then I wanted to start a, uh, and then I wanted to start a new band. I was talking to my voice coach actually, Juliet Jackson, a wonderful angel. I was talking to her about what to do next, and she said, she said, um, you need to play your solo music, and I didn't, and I said. LOL, <laughs> and I said I'm starting a band, <laughs> and uh, and so that's what I did. And I I got on Facebook and I said I'm looking for a guitar player. So I'm like 20. I was like 22, and you were maybe 23. I think that's exactly Probably what it was. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're 26 and 27 now. <laughs> but so I'm 22, and I get on Facebook, and I said, I'm looking for a lead guitar player. And um, and Steve Stephen got mentioned, because we have a lot of mutual friends, and Stephen Hagen got mentioned like two or three times. And I called I called a couple people that knew you, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, what do you know about Stephen Hagen? And they were like, uh, I'm not sure how he's doing right now. I'm not sure what's going on. And I was like, okay, I don't need any not. Like, I'm not looking for a not sure. And so I didn't call you, and and because you had you had reached out to me on Facebook a few times and said, right. "Hey, let's jam." Yeah. And I remember texting back, hold. I held down the shift button. I said, "LOL." <laughs> 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 no, uh, no. But then, fi- but you, but then you messaged me again, and finally I called my brother because my twin brother Colin went to high school with Stephen. That's right. Yeah, Quinn went to Farmington, and his twin brother stayed in St. Louis. So yep. me and Colin knew each other pretty well. We played soccer together all through high school. And yeah. Small high school too, so we yeah. just knew each other. Yeah. Stephen had you beat up somebody for Colin one time or something I did. like that. I got, <laughs> I got red carded. I got ejected from a soccer game because somebody Colin is now maybe taller than me and and just very in shape. He climbs. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, a, he's a strong bastard, but he was very short in high school, and somebody was picking on him, so I just ran him the fuck over. <laughs> <laughs> and he got ejected. And for that, game. we applaud you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and based on that, I guess Colin liked me enough to recommend me as yeah. a. Uh, as a dude to play music with, yep. so I called my brother. I was like, "Hey, this dude, this this real chump keeps messaging me," <laughs> and he was like, "He said Stephen Hagen is one of the best people I've ever met," and I said, "Say less." And then I hung up on him, so he couldn't say anymore. <laughs> and I called Stephen, and we started. We went to an open. Wasn't was that open mic the first time we'd played together, or did we jam at the? We probably jammed at my apartment once. Yeah, because I knew songs. Okay, that yeah. you had written. Yeah. Okay, so we 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 jammed once or twice. Yeah, and then went to an open mic and played a couple of songs. Yeah. And uh, and then just started, just started jamming, and then uh, the best story though when we're so that band is Q Street, and the best story about that band is is how Mud got into the band. Can Ooh, I tell yeah. that story real yeah, quick? Yeah, let's do it. Mud is the drummer, and we had found a bass player. This this girl I was kind of seeing knew this bass player, and so I, like, we got we talked and we hung out, and then her name was Brooke, and then she joined. Eventually, later Tristan would replace her, but Mud, we were looking for a drummer, and drummers are notoriously hard to find because they're always hiding, and we. Uh, but I know that Webster University has a good music program, so I thought. I'll take a job. As, so I took a job as an usher at the Webster University uh, Theater at the Rep because I figured the music students and the theater students would all cross paths, and sure enough, I was right. So Mud must have been there. False. He was not. So I start working at that job, and my boss is Katie Gilda, who is Mud's sister. Mud is Tyler Gilda. I just keep saying Mud. So Katie Gilda is my boss, and like I'm 22, and I have like some tattoos, and I obviously don't go to college. I don't look like these kids that are in college, and um, and like on my fifth or sixth day, she calls me or she calls me in her office. She's like, "What are you doing here? Like, you don't you're not in college." Like she wasn't she wasn't giving me a hard time. She's just like, "What? Why are you here?" I was like, "Honestly, I'm just looking for a drummer." And she, and she's like, "Oh, well, you should call my brother." And I'm like, "Yeah, right, pal. Everybody's brother's a drummer." But anyways, I called him the next day. We hit it off. Uh, he's the drummer. He was the drummer in Q Street, and I quit that job like the second I could. <laughs> so got, got got what you were looking for. Got, got what, what I was looking. Needed. It was just I already had a job, and then I just took that at nights, and then I pieced out when we got mud. Yeah. Did he uh, Tyler play on the record? Nope. There's no drums oh. on the record. I don't know if there was uh, like a little soft stuff, but Mm-mm. yeah. 
I know it's mostly uh, mostly acoustic guitar based yep. and so the, uh, was it melodic? Is that melodica on that? One? Some fun, yeah, yeah some what fun is... weird weird type deals going on on the on the song right away. It's a uh, I can't remember Sam. So the record is produced by Sam, Sam Golden. Golden. God, I almost <laughs> forgot his last name. I wanted to say Sam Abishan, who is the mandolin player for. Um, that one band. One People are going to get so many unwanted DMs <laughs> after this podcast. I'm pretty much not up. caring what you're saying. <laughs> Name. <laughs> so anyway, Sam Golden produced the records at Holiday Heart Studios. He also made this bolo tie. I'll show it to the microphone here. <laughs> Jingle it around a little bit. There it is. <laughs> and um, so he plays, on right away, he plays some instrument that's got, like it's like an organ with a keyboard and an accordion. You play it on, maybe melodica is what it's called. It's, it's, I don't think melodica is more like a... Use your put it in your mouth on like it ain't that. Yeah, <laughs> he did try to he did bite it a couple times. <laughs> no, um, it's what you pl- it's it's he bought it from some yoga teacher who does it during live yoga sessions, which okay. is like lol yoga. <laughs> but anyway. don't disenfranchise your listener base. <laughs> you might have some yoga people. All right, okay, I love yoga pants. <laughs> there you go. Bring uh, it back in. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, and then Everett Remstead from Native State, formerly Amethyst, played bass on. Like about half the songs, and Sam played the other half. And Steve does. Sam plays like a tiny bit of lead guitar. Steve plays all the rest, almost all nice. of it. Steve. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, right away. Okay. Uh, yeah. You mentioned it, and um, so when we wanted to share, it'll be out on Quinn's debut record on September twenty second, and uh, you'll be able to stream that everywhere you get your digital music. But. Uh, songs I thought I'd miss But I never had a friendship quite like this And through all the years and time and space A best friend holds a sacred place And the privilege has been all mine We wrote these songs so we could fly and we learned to soar and then we missed the ground We spent most of the time trying to come back down And it looks like I'll be on my way road still calls and I'm gonna play Yeah, I bet this life on a six-string riff Every new city's like a new first kiss If I could start again, I'd ride away 
With a girl and the dogs to a southern state Gone Tennessee's been on my mind I think about Memphis now all the time Where the winos fight in the city street And I could swing a hammer at a 40-hour week But oh, but wouldn't that life be incomplete? So I write these songs in the summer heat said this one's uh, loosely about Stephen? It is like the first, the first like third or half of it is exactly, is, is 100% about yeah. Steve. It's, um, God, I wish I remembered writing a little more. I wrote the chord progression and started writing down some like little, some little words. Just little guys. Well, all he knows is little words. <laughs> Big words are hard for him. All right. They are tricky. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. I had photosynthesis just this morning. <laughs> Uh, luckily, we had plenty of toilet paper. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, the first half is uh, is about Steve and I. Um, well, Steve's my best friend, and and the song li- is literally says that, and it talks about. I, I guess you'll play the song here, and and um, and about what you know, just what his what your friendship means to me, and how great it's been, and it's been uh, it's been life changing for me, for a lot of reasons, and and. Um, for one, we we've been able to we don't we don't necessarily write a, so- a lot of songs together, but I always think of it as writing songs together, just because like I've never put I've never put a song on a record that you haven't heard and been and given your input on. It's true. I yeah, I sit on the couch and do homework and <laughs> yeah, and you'll be like, "How does this work?" I'm like, "Yeah, that slaps, dude." That's you either good. yeah, <laughs> you either be like, "That slaps," you'd be like, "Dog, gotta rhyme. You gotta rhyme more." <laughs> I'll get up and grab the guitar off the wall. What you need here? Yeah, well, okay, so in Mississippi at a glance, he, uh, and we're jumping songs, but I was trying to write that bridge, and Steve goes like, this is what it's, this is what it's looking for, and he just goes and grabs the guitar and does it. So Steve's got a, so Steve's a songwriting credit on that, on Mississippi at a glance. But right away is, um, it's, it's also about, you know, like I'm, we're getting ready to go on the road. At this point, I did not, I did not know Steve was going to go with me for this first run, but he's, he's, uh, He's not going. You're not going after this, right? Until yeah. un, until I force you to. Yeah, until it, until we really get famous. Right. Until you really blow up and you need a live touring lead guitar player all the time. But then they'll send me some dork from Nashville, like that dude tried to do. It's okay. I'll just give him a huge wedgie and send him back to Nashville. <laughs> but but it's about that, and it's about all the thing, all the all the things that we've done together, and how much I value that, and appreciate that, and appreciate the friendship. And then it's about you know. Um, the the God, what's 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 the the my favorite line in there is we wrote these songs so we could fly. We learned to soar and then we missed the ground. Yeah, which is sort of how 
and I'm, I'm my, you know, my whole life is in flux right now as we, as I'm starting to, as I'm moving towards being on the road a lot. Because um, as soon as we get back, we're gonna, I'm going to play that St. Louis show. Well, God, the day before that, I'll be in Detroit. But then we're going to play the St. Louis show, and then I'm going again. And then we're doing this. We, I, both of us are doing the stand-up thing, and I think I'm going to do that seriously. Yeah. Which is going well, which is cool. But but so the song, I keep getting off track. Um, yeah, the song is about that, and it's kind yeah. of and there's a little bit of it that's longing for just a. You know, if I could start again, I'd ride away with the girl, with a girl and the dogs to a southern state. Which, like, in my mind, that's what I want to want. Like, I would love to just want to do that, but I'd never be satisfied. So I'm gonna go do this road thing for a while. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and I will miss you. And I'll be FaceTiming you pretty much every night. Pretty much all the time. I was talking to Shane. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most yeah. fun chord progression on the album. My yeah. Too. This yeah, is yeah. some of your best guitar work. Thank yeah, you, man. sir. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds real nice on the on the album. And uh, was, um, can't wait for everybody to hear the rest of this on the 22nd. But like I said, you will be here in St. Louis, Missouri, October 15th at Blue Strawberry in the Central West End area. And you will be performing... Most of this with uh, a full band, right? Yep, the full album. Yep. Yeah, man. And you're uh, bringing along a special guest to open the show? Yeah, I am. Your arch nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, we don't even speak his name on this, right. on this show. I'll give you a hint. It <laughs> rhymes with Bat F. Masler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt F. Bosler is going to be opening that show. Yeah. Uh, he's a... Uh, Smoke just poured out of Shane's yeah, ears. Right. Yeah, that. if you guys could see this. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a fun night. Uh, I'm excited. And then I, is, is Matt uh, doing a solo acoustic? Yep. Yep, solo just him, acoustic guitar, and hoochie daddy shorts. Yeah. I mean, that's all you need. <laughs> that's all you need, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, he, it's, uh, it's fun because, like, it's something different because he does a lot of stuff with the band lately. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be interesting to see him... You know, doing more of an acoustic thing, and so yeah. Um, but yeah, bring your uh, tiny gold shorts and your jean jacket, and yes. have a good time. Yes, and there will be merch there. Stephen and I are actually running a presidential campaign. Oh right! So That's you right. can get you can get Macintosh Hagen for president. <laughs> uh, what's our tagline? Uh, it's on the shirts. Uh, Boobs, bribes, bullshit. Twenty twenty four. You damn right. <laughs> you damn right. Yeah. Making America great again. Yeah. Is that already taken? <laughs> I don't think so. Did somebody do that? Some indie label took that already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about a um, a live acoustic one we did here. Sure. And uh, one, I mean, I, I listened to the record on the way over, and, and this one caught my attention. And um, I don't I mean, obviously being friends with you guys for a while now and, and meeting you through Q Street and learning some of your songwriting then. Um, that was like hearing Robert O'Keen. Yeah. The first uh, is like kind of what you, I guess, your debut as a, yeah, as a solo, yeah, yeah. solo singer-songwriter and stuff, which I was like impressed by that. And then like, and then to hear Maya, hearing like a, this raw truth coming out mm-hmm. and stuff. And like, so... Like hearing the, or you know, and, and seeing the progression of you as a songwriter uh, has really like been cool to see. And then like this record, obviously, is very well documented on it. it like, uh, but hearing uh, the talk, mm-hmm. like it was another one. I was like, man, damn, like that's like and this is some of my favorite kind of stuff. Like these like stories like that. Like, sure, that's what I love about songwriters. Uh, yeah. You know, and like hearing 
So this is uh this was pretty you know, pretty heavy. Like, yep. you know, there's a lot, lot of emotion in there and it's something uh you know, I mean, obviously there's there's a lot of these kind of soldier songs and they always get they every one of them gets me, you know, mm-hmm. you know, they're always a uh, tearjerker kind of things and so uh this was really cool to see you and and Steve doing this one yeah. live in studio today, but uh What's your family like? I think I've got the time. Do your kids make you proud, just like mine? My daughter's nine years old, you know how they get. For all the people I love, she's the one I'll miss. And I couldn't hate you, even if I tried. One's a winner and one's a loser in this walk. But you're a soldier. I'm a soldier Thanks for this talk He said he moved his family To Baghdad before the war He's still trying to explain to his boys What he's fighting for I don't know why you're wrong I'm not sure that I'm right but they'd send my kids to school if I would take this gun and fight And he said his first date with his wife was when he knew And then he laughed and then I cried, I said, yeah, man, me too Well, I can taste the blood in my mouth, now I can tell it won't be long Please don't forget me, my new friend, when I'm gone I couldn't hate you Even if I tried One's a winner and one's a loser In this walk But you're a soldier And I'm a soldier Thanks for this talk He said I'm so sorry That only one of us Will fight another day in this world, a rich man's bullets I wish we had a better way I said I wish you didn't have to carry this Forever and a day But if you wouldn't mind to take my boots off Just before I pass away Cause I'm a soldier You're a soldier Most of all Thanks for this talk Does it come from a personal place or or anything like what kind of where does this uh, song come from? Sure. So so first of all, I, I would like to say I didn't learn I, the song had already been written. My brother Colin, who is my hero, says he he said not long ago that if a if a war movie or book or 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 whatever leaves you wanting to go to war, which a lot of them do, then it has not served it's not served the correct purpose. If a war movie leaves you thinking that war is awful, it's done its job. Right. And I'd written this song long before he said that, but he, he often has words for things that I can't think of because um, he knows bigger words. <laughs> Again, it's just something that you know he and Steve do that I don't – I struggle with. And um, No, so, so the talk I wrote in the basement of the Nana house, which is where we live right now, 
And I, I just had this, I, I don't know where the idea was, but it, it just came to me that, because it's, it's an Iraqi soldier who shoots, the, who shoots an American, and the whole idea behind the song is that he shoots him, and then they just sit there as the American dies from being shot, and they just talk and realize that their lives are very similar. They're fighting a rich man's war. They're fighting so that their kids can go to school. They don't hate each other. There's no, they, they, you know, the chorus. I couldn't hate you even if I tried. And then it's, I'm a soldier and you're a soldier. You know, and that's that's what it is. And it's, it's so it's heartbreaking to me that it's heartbreaking to me what 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 we have poor people do. Right. And and just just what just what it, I mean what what people do to each other, and especially the advantage that that rich people take of poor people, and and not only do they take advantage of them, they they convince the poor people that they're not being taken advantage of. You know, which is the which is 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 a crime in and of itself. But Stephen had gone to um, to an apartment building to see his girlfriend. At, that was at Chroma. You sure. you left to go to Chroma, and I and there was a girl, there was a girl there that was that invited me over as well. <laughs> and she now lives in Detroit. Oh, I know. Okay, <laughs> okay. You, you remember this night? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. but anyways, it wasn't that special. But anyways. And I was gonna go. I was gonna go over there too. And then, like, I just. And then I had the idea for this song, and I was like, "I'm not coming over." Like, and then I sat in the. I sat in the basement and I wrote this song, and um, and it's one of those that I don't. It just uh, like 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 so like walk like children and like a lot of them for me. They like it just all came out, and I don't write so I don't write the chorus first or this verse and this. I just write top. I'm almost almost all songs, I just write top to bottom. Um, and that's, and that's a song. Oh, so then, so then I recorded it on my phone, which I do with every song. I record a little demo and then I always listen to a song, you know, I'll, I'll just put it on repeat and usually by like 10 or 12 times through, which, which sounds like a lot, but that's, or maybe by three or four times through, I can tell like, this is, this is something or it's not. And, and Steve and Mud were sitting on the couch watching porn and <laughs> it was a movie. It was a movie. I'm sorry. Right. I was watching porn. Right. <laughs> no, Steve and Mudder sitting on the couch watching a movie or something and I was and I was pacing between the dining room and the kitchen and I remember for 6 hours that day I did that and then I went out in the driveway and paced in the driveway for a little bit just listening to that song and it's one of those this happens every once in a while where I knew I was like I can't believe this all went together and it all works and then I was like okay but hang on does every piece of this story work? Does every does every little like at the end there's a twist? Not a twist, but like at the end something happens and I'm like does that still work with the rest of the song? And I'm like, holy shit, it does. And I sent it to my dad. And every once in a while, I send him a song. And he called me. Uh, he and his wife called me, and they were both bawling. They were crying their eyes out. My dad goes, you can never sell that song. I was like, mm. that's not very nice. <laughs> and he's like, no. He's like, that's just too sad. He's like, but that's a great. I mean, it's, it's perfect. And the one thing he mentioned about that is that I started the song, which I think I do often. I just don't think about it. And I started the song in the middle of the story. I just throw you right into the action. Yeah. Which, like, honestly, kudos to me. Well done. <laughs> the other day, I walked in, or we were Stephen and I were listening to uh, Mississippi at a Glance, I think, and the guitar solo comes on, and Steve goes, "Boy, get him, Steve! <laughs> Tell him, Steve! Tell him, Steve!" Man. Yeah. yeah. What? Uh, mentioning your dad and uh, you know Robert Earl Keane, you you uh, talk about him a lot, and uh, and I I just think that's a really cool. Uh, story that uh, you know, kind of talking about like it, that you share in the song, and then the fact that following along with you that you uh, got to like tweet back and forth with yeah. with man and stuff, and yeah. like I just thought that was a uh, you know 
cool that you actually got to, uh, you know, experience uh, a little bit with him and, like, even if it's just Twitter or there, like, yeah. thing, but, like, that he shared it and stuff. And, um, but, uh, yeah, and then he just uh, hung it up, right? Re- retiring. He's, uh, he's, I think he's really sick. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah? He's from the from this last, Robert O'Keefe we're talking about, on that last tour, he he started off standing for all his shows, yeah. and by the end he was sitting with an eye patch. Yeah. So, huh. which is a bummer because the last time I went to see him, he he and his wife emailed me back and forth a little while, oh, right. and um and they really they really liked the song. They were touched by that, which was cool. Um, which is the I just I only wrote it for clout, which is really wonderful that that <laughs> happened. Um, and I was supposed to meet him. I, I went to see him in um at uh what's off Broadway. Yeah. At off Broadway, I saw the show, and I was going to see him afterwards. And his tour manager, or one of his one of his reps, I think his tour manager came up to me and was like, "Hey, he's really sick. He's yeah. got to go. He's just he's going to sleep." And that was before his last tour, even. Uh, so well. that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope to meet him, but I mean that's, I you know I wrote that song for me, yeah. you know, for my dad. So that's well, yeah. Uh, if you haven't uh, yet, uh, be sure to check out the music video on YouTube. There's a great, oh, yeah. great video to go with it, and um, so yeah, very cool, man. I was like, I was, it was, you know, it's just neat to have that moment with some of your heroes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, well, I uh, had a couple of questions uh, to ask you guys. Sure. And uh, also I mentioned uh, the YouTube, but be sure to follow Quinn and keep up with uh, shenanigans on tour yeah. uh, through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm big on TikTok. Yeah. And all this can be found at quinnmackintosh.com. There it is, man. Yep. And uh, But, yeah, we'll uh, get, uh, get plugged in on the socials and uh, follow along. And um, But, uh, all right. So being that uh, you you guys are buddies and uh, and I was uh, had a, somebody a, a fan question submitted mm-hmm. asking you guys uh, if you would uh, had could share your most embarrassing story about each other. Oh, that's a good question. Where do I even begin? <laughs> oh, go ahead, Buster. My most embarrassing moment is having to be in public with <laughs> all the time. All right. <laughs> Oh, for this isn't embarrassing. We pull a lot of pranks on each other, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> prank, prank. Um, God, the most. Im- well, the problem. Steve gets Steve gets more embarrassed than me, but still not very embarrassed. I I don't remember. I can't remember a time I was embarrassed in my life. Yeah. I was swindled into buying a pair of <laughs> Birkenstock slides Boy. on the internet. <laughs> Oh, um, by someone who I thought I could trust, <laughs> and I wore them out into the living room. <laughs> and first of all, first of all, initially Quinn couldn't stop laughing at me. I could not. They, it was a go ahead, which hurted my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but you then, look like such but a then he goes for his. <laughs> <laughs> then he went for his phone, and I had to run and take him off before I got posted all over the internet. I wasn't going to ridicule. Yes, I was. Dog yeah. looked so bad. <laughs> There's a picture of me from a few years ago. Uh, I lost a fantasy football league I was in, and as punishment, I had to stand outside in February for a half hour in a dress with a sign that said, I don't need money. I just suck at fantasy football. <laughs> and that picture came up the other day, and Quinn was like, send me that. And I was like, no. <laughs> We're not having that plastered all over the internet either. Right. For April Fool's, oh, man, for April Fool's, this is not the most embarrassing thing, but 
we're always pranking each other. And Steve's really a good prankster on April Fools. So like one one year I come home and he and Mud have put every piece of living room furniture in my room, <laughs> on my bed, and then they like and then and they pulled it up pulled it up door. to the door to shut it. Yeah, so I couldn't even open the door, which was by the way I never got to tell you that you're a real jerk off for that. That was really selfish of you to take all the living room furniture. I was pissed no, too. Brother. I was pissed because then he and Mud couldn't sit on the couch and watch porn. <laughs> no, but then so so last this past April Fools I'm like. I was I was helping my buddy build some some planner like some garden planners, oh. and I was like, I know I'm gonna come home and Steve is gonna have done something, so I have to counterattack. Well, turns out Steve hadn't done anything, so my counterattack was just an attack. What hey, sometimes you... we all have to grow up, you know. And I just grew up a little bit before you that year, didn't I? <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you did not grow up. You were working or something, you idiot. I'm grown. No, if you don't I'm... have any good ideas, just say that. <laughs> so, anyways. I'm at my buddy's, and I was like, what do I do? And he goes, his wife goes, I have this can of liquid ass. <laughs> Are you and, familiar with liquid ass, Shane? <laughs> yeah. And it smells Holy like it's, it's the worst thing you've ever smelled. On the thing, it says, don't use more than two squirts of this stuff. And so I take a shower, and then Steve's going to shower next. And so I get the bottle, and I spray about 50 or 60 squirts in the shower. <laughs> and I get it all on video. And I leave the shower, and Steve goes into the bathroom, and he goes... Dude, bro, did that come out of your ass, bro? That's the worst thing I've ever smelled, bro. And I was like, I think I said, did a horse take a shit? <laughs> you did. You said did a horse. Okay, so so then, like after about five minutes, I finally tell him, and then we and then we like bleach the whole bathroom, but it's still terrible. It's still so bad that we had to go out to eat that night. We couldn't eat dinner at the house. And then we came and we left the windows open and stuff, and we came back still bad. It was bad. Still ass. <laughs> And the whole time at dinner, I was so paranoid that we stank just from being in right, the house. Right, right. Oh, that's when terrible. we went to the, the Mexican joint and the, the, the singers came up and sang oh, to us right. all night. They, there was, was a good. guy with an accordion and a guy with a guitar yeah. walking around like serenading tables. And then at the end, he goes, boy, you smell like ass. <laughs> <laughs> he said, why don't you go sit on the couch and watch porn? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that didn't answer the question. <laughs> I, uh... But I think my a, finest work on April Fool's Day was when I TP'd dog. everybody's band equipment in the basement. Yeah, everybody came good. home to completely mummified instruments. <laughs> and then I had I had the one piece of toilet paper draped across my stuff. <laughs> yeah, one yeah, strip of toilet yeah, paper. I, like, I, got, I got hit, too. Yeah, yeah, like, who could have done this? this? You're like, I don't know, because I got it happened to me, too. Oh, and I wrote Tristan did it on a piece of <laughs> yeah. draped over yeah. my strip. So. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, that's good. We have a good time at the We house. have a good time. Most of the time. I've been Actually, pantsed in school a bunch. Not a bunch, but like a few times. <laughs> That's not super embarrassing, but like. Oh, I was like, where did that even come about? Embarrassing. Oh, embarrassing. Stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and then, and then everybody was like, not the two-inch hammer. And then I pulled my pants up really fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what they used to. That's what they still call me. Uh, well, you shared uh, some early stories, uh, and uh, maybe, uh, you know, obviously, uh, no regrets or. And, but you learned some things along the way. What would you say would be, uh, both of you guys, what your your greatest life lesson you've learned uh, I'll, through I'll, your stories? Sure. I'll start and tell you Steve's greatest life lesson. Yeah. And it also ties in with the most embarrassing. Oh, Jesus so, Christ. So the other day, I come home, and Steve has made and eaten oh. four double hamburger patties on white bun bread so eight pieces of white bread 
Or was it? Were they singles or doubles? I think I just ate four burgers. Mm-hmm. Oh, just four. So he eats four but hamburgers with cheese on white bread. No, they were they were burgers and they were garlic cheese hamburger. It was like all built in to the patty. God, they were good. And, and then, anyways, God. I, I get home and Steve's just laying on the couch, like all slumped over. And I go, and he's got his arm over his face. And I said, I said, I get on. Of course, I get it on camera. I said, bro, what happened? He goes, I made a mistake. <laughs> I was like, what did you do? He's like, but it was so good. <laughs> so he, he said, surely you did not. <laughs> yeah, surely you did not eat four hamburgers on eight pieces of white bread. He goes, but it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> so anyways, he does that like once a week. So I was going to say life lesson, but that's just embarrassing. That's not a life Sometimes lesson. Sometimes when I go to the grocery store, I get hamburgers and I cook dinner for both of us. Uh, and Quinn will no longer be allowed to have my hamburgers. <laughs> Oh, that's funny that you would say that because you can't have my hamburgers no more. <laughs> All right, wait, wait. Right, biggest, greatest life lesson. Greatest, greatest life lesson. I, I think the greatest life lesson is is to not is to not regret the things you've done. Like right. uh, you know, don't regret things you've done. Don't wish. I don't wish that I'd gone to different schools. I don't wish that things had not happened. I don't. I, I don't wish I hadn't been like robbed forty two times when I was a kid. But what are you gonna do? Uh, because that the because that all made me who I am, you know, and I'm I'm really good, and um, and so I would say, yeah, that's that's what it is, you know. Don't you know? Don't shut the door on the past. Yeah, it's a it's a teacher. Yeah. All right, Steve, top that. <laughs> <laughs> Steve says, always restring your guitar before a show. <laughs> um. Yeah, if you have to wipe zero times, you still have to wipe two times. Be sure. Um, <laughs> so uh, so true. You have to wipe. What is it? You have to wipe no, twice you, to find out you had to wipe zero times. You right? have to wipe twice to find out you had to wipe once. Hmm. Hmm. Is it first okay, time? So first go. time wiping. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, other, why don't you wipe that smirk off your face? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll never interrupt again. Uh. I don't believe that for one second. Go ahead. He's. Can you hear him getting ready to interrupt? No, not now because now now <laughs> the time for the joke has passed. Go ahead. Thank God. All right, we waited this one out. Um, but it's just funny that. Go ahead, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. One of the one of the most important things I've learned <laughs> from the. From my professional experience doing music with Quinn the last four years, is just, it's always a lesson in working with people. I mean, but it's, it's uh, you know, it's learning to appreciate the what others bring to the table. You know, you're not always right, and it's a good lesson in, in uh, collaborative work, you know, experimenting with things that are out of your comfort zone. And me and Quinn working together still to this day. It's a lesson in working out of my comfort zone. Quinn's a little more fucking spur of the moment, and I'm a little bit more of a planner. Um, and I think we balance each other well, but sometimes it gets stressful for me, and I'm sure I get on his goddamn nerves sometimes, too. <laughs> Big so. time. But, but it is like, yeah, but if if you weren't around, I would have a million ideas, and they would go nowhere. It's yin and yang. And if I was around, you would have no ideas, and they would go nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, and if I was around, you would spend, you would you would just practice the same notes over and over and over and over and over and over and over. I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm luckier to have you around than you are to have me around. I think so, too. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote um, a song about it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Steve wrote a song for me on my birthday one year. I did. I did write a Something song. Something about um, 
The one place I must hold my congratulations is your failure to lose your virginity. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which, that was when I, he wrote that when I was like 24, and I just want you to know that as of 19 months ago, that's no longer valid. <laughs> I think the last line of the song I wrote for your birthday was, uh, but me and Mud are still older than you, so we can beat you up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, chill, the, chill the microphone, your muscles, loser. <laughs> did you... Okay. Did you say um, something about uh, that I was in a story or something? Yes. Well, oh, that's right. Well, kind of. So, oh, man, you really put me on the spot with yeah. that. I know you like Gary Clark Jr. a lot. All right. I know you go to his shows, and I know you make funny posts about his thing. <laughs> and I know you were talking to Tony Willingham about Gary Clark, about, about Gary being one of the best. Because you saw him backstage. Yeah. You saw Gary backstage, and some lady handed handed Gary her phone and said, yeah. hey, can you talk to my sister? All right. And he said, fuck you. That's so, nah. <laughs> no, he took the phone and was like, hey, this is Gary. Yeah. And uh, No, but I, in the song um, Scream My Name, I say, in the first verse I say, and I'll sing to you like Isbell would, which is a court Jason Isbell. And the second verse I say, I'll sing to you like Gary would, which is Gary Clark Jr. And specifically it's the song, I mean, it's Gary in general, but it's specifically it's the song Pearl Cadillac, which I think is one of the greatest songs ever written. I don't know how you feel about yeah. it. I mean, I, I, I celebrate his entire catalog. So, well said. Yeah. He won Song of the Decade, I believe. Oh yeah. With um, this land. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, he, damn. Gary Clark lives in Austin on a, on a fifty acre ranch, and his neighbors, his especially his one neighbor, is quite racist, and uh, the neighbor's donkey wasn't it wandered yeah. onto Gary's land, and Gary took it back, and he said, he was something like. Uh, the neighbor's like, oh, yeah, that's how they are. And he's like, well, it won't be if he comes over here again. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. Yeah. So, Gary's now selling donkey stew, if you're interested. <laughs> yeah. Unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> Those are uh, they had two of my favorites, man, for sure. Uh, J- Jason is, uh, I oh, remember, yeah. the, like, I don't know, I, you know, I kind of knew of them a little bit through drive-by truckers and right. stuff. But I yeah. never, like, super into his stuff. <laughs> but, um Somebody, I don't know, whatever, somebody recommended or whatever it was, told me to check out uh, when he when Southeastern came out. And God. like, and I listened to that record, and I was just like, wow. Man. Yeah. I mean, like, that was a game changer. Like, um, and that that also, uh, the same day, I think they somebody called it like a Americana Christmas or something. There's a couple of records that came out that same day. Sure. And the other, one of the other big ones for me, that, and they're always like hand in hand is uh, – John Moreland's uh, In the Throws yeah. and like and two of my absolute favorite albums of all time man like that was uh, so uh, the, the, whenever I listen to one I listen to the other they just go hand in hand to me because they have very similar kind of tones to them also and yeah. like just like a, a lot of a lot of heart, heartache and stuff so when I'm yeah. in that in that mood to listen to Jason's stuff and I'm um, usually in the same mood to listen to John Moreland yeah. too so John is a tearjerker I, mean, I just saw him the other day at oh, yeah. Chesterfield um not amphitheater, but the at the phylactery. No, it was a, it was that music festival. Yeah, it's, that's at uh, the amphitheater. Amp- yeah. yeah, the yeah. amphitheater. It's like smaller. Yeah. yeah, it's a cool spot. Yeah, but, but he was there. Yeah, yeah. that was. It's one of the best. Man. He, he's great. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna get by. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's cool that you uh, you you know getting uh, kind of paying homage to some of the greats before you and yeah uh, through through your songwriting. I always uh, appreciate that. And mm-hmm. but it's cool that I could uh, you know help. Uh, Inspire a little bit, maybe. Yeah, uh, big time. Yeah, big time. Yeah. My well, your, your dedication is inspiring. 
Yeah. 100%. Yeah, you've been doing this for like, what, nine years? Uh, eight and a half, yeah. Something like eight that. Eight and a half, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, no, that's, that's, a little while. that's totally inspiring. You, you know, in creative endeavors, like, what's the lifespan? Two years? Right. That's, I mean, I, I, I talk about a lot how, you know, people go on about this show, and I'm like, I think the only reason I think this show is, like, celebrated, really, like, is because I've outlasted everybody else. Like, a lot of people, like, get the idea, hey, we should do a podcast, and they do, like, two, and then they realize it's a lot of work or something. Yeah, it's not, you know, yeah, you, sure. don't just, you yeah. don't just talk into your phone for, right. for an hour. Right. And, and you have to, like, yeah, you, you have to have something interesting. But, you, you either have to have interesting people or interesting ideas. You, and, and, I, and, like, I hate to break it to most people, but, like, you're not as interesting as you think. All right. <laughs> you know, like, no, was, no, he, no people should not make a sitcom about you and your he family. He was looking right at me when he said that. Uh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's one of the most annoying things ever. <laughs> they should make a TV show about us. Like, yeah, they've never made a TV show about a drunk family before on Christmas. <laughs> that's super exciting. What are you guys talking about? Who's, who got what dog and <laughs> with, with little racist undertones thrown in there? Yeah. How interesting. Sign uh, me up, Buster. Yeah. So, anyways, they're making a TV show about me and Steve. Uh, yeah. Called two turds in the bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's the one about you and mud. <laughs> Shoot. Well, uh, again, get plugged in with Quinn on your socials. Uh, follow along with the the tour and get your tickets uh, right now for October fifteenth at Blue Strawberry in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, you can catch Quinn uh, full band with uh, Mad F Bosler, and it's going to be a fun night. So. Yeah, we're really excited about that. Uh, yeah. And uh, stream the new record. What, is there? Is it just, uh, what's the title of the record? Oh, The Edge of Youth. Edge of Youth, yeah. Which is a line from, I always use a line from a song. That's from um, Scream My Name. And you can find that streaming on all your digital platforms starting September 22nd. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys doing this, man. It's been a fun hang. Yeah. Shane, and, uh, always good yeah, to see always. you. Man. Thanks for having yeah. us. And, yeah. Always. Big thanks again to Fat Buddha. Productions here in St. Louis, Missouri, for their time. support and letting us hang out. And uh, so, uh, thank you guys. And I say we do it again soon. All right. Yeah, and yeah. then, is this the portion? When do you want all my political opinions? Uh, we're going to start that right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Shane, yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, yeah it's been a real pleasure. Really appreciate you. And Bye. thank you, Fat Buddha. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no thanks to Steve. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, Adios. everybody. <laughs>